Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. I'm going to be reviewing the book that we did for the book club for the August book gang. I called it a book club and a book gang in the same sentence there, but it is actually a book gang. Just, we don't beat anyone up. We just read books and every now and then I put a video in the group talking about the book and it's essentially me being the host for a platform for people to talk about what they think of the book. There were mixed reviews uh, from this book at the start. One of my mates messaged me saying that he didn't really like the book overall and he made a point of giving it three stars, so shout out to you, Seb. Um, But I actually liked it towards the end. I did struggle midway through. I haven't even told you the name of the book, so I'll get there first. The name of the book is Rebel Ideas. And it's written by a gent called Matthew Syed. Now, one of my dad's friends suggested that I read some of Matthew Syed's work, so I thought I'd have a look around and see which one tickled my fancy, as it were. He's written quite a few books that seem to be... I think all of them are bestsellers, actually. Matthew Syed was the table tennis champion for Britain for ages, and England number one for years and years and years. And he actually went to two Olympics as well and competed for England at table tennis this book rebel ideas is about the power of diverse thinking now for me personally i don't often get other people involved in my decision making or really go to anyone for advice i'm very stubborn and potentially at my detriment stuck in my own ways which i mean i feel like there's quite a few people that are like that So Matthew Side makes a really interesting point as to why we should almost search for diverse advice from people. Let's take intelligence as a large square, split that into eight parts. If you and your friends get together and talk about an idea, the bottom left-hand corner of that square is an eighth. I hope you're with me um, on me explaining a diagram. Your friends will likely come from the same background, probably the same religious background, probably the same educational background, probably the same class, probably vote the same. Essentially, you're all very, very similar. So in terms of intelligence as a broad spectrum, you're only seeing a a tiny, tiny portion of that. And... If you were to speak to someone from India, for example, they're going to have a completely different perspective to you. Or you speak to someone from Japan, they'll have a completely different perspective to you, which could broaden the horizons of the square of intelligence. Now, in the book, it's a rectangle and it's a circle, but it seemed easier for me to explain it as a square. So I hope I haven't lost you there in my borderline dreadful explanation of a diagram but let's talk about diverse cultures and why people are different from sort of different cultures there's an experiment done and there was a screen shown to the participants in the experiment there are people from the usa and there are people from japan and they were asked the individuals from each different country what they saw and it became clear that people from the usa saw more objects um, because they're more sort of independent whereas in Japanese culture it's more of a collective 
so they saw more the context of the picture and I believe it was a stream so there was a stream and there was some fish in the um, stream there was trees on the outside so the Japanese people would have seen more of the context of it so where it was it was a stream they focus on the scenery they focused on the picture as a whole whereas the people from America just zoned in on particular parts particular objects in this case it was the fish that was most noticeable that they saw so it just goes to show in terms of like east and west and east and western cultures I mean, nowadays we're becoming probably more similar as the world is all getting a little bit more westernized. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing. I think after reading this book, I think I'm I'm way more on the side of diversity um, than I have been before. But I don't know if that means I'm going to be letting people into my life to um, make decisions or help me make decisions. I haven't quite gone that far yet. But I mean, there's hope for me that I'll stop being a stubborn little bastard at some stage. But yeah, it just goes to show that the cultures, they have different values and you see different things. So to completely rule out what someone has to say based on their culture is essentially bollocks because they see things that you don't. And that was a really interesting part at the start. This book was pretty heavy on scientific evidence it was pretty heavy on anecdotal evidence as well and there's a lot of notes that i've written down um to talk about here because a lot of the chapters just zoned in on particular parts so there was chapters about echo chambers where matthew side looked into the life of Derek black Derek black ironically was a white supremacist and the head of the white supremacist group he had been in the echo chamber his whole life where all his family were racists. He had a dad and his mum's ex-husband who were both high up in the KKK. And at the age of 15, he was giving talks in hotels at white supremacist rallies. So it's safe to say at a young age, he was a bit of a dickhead. But as he got older and he went off to university after having his whole life of essentially being alienated by his parents told to distrust the schooling system to distrust various different sources thinking that they were telling them lies i mean if this doesn't scream a bit of donald trump with the old fake news and i don't know what does but i also kind of see that there is a point that a lot of the news is it's just it's entertainment at the end of the day but that's not a subject i want to get into so i want to go back to Derek black Derek black ended up going to university and on one of his first couple of days, he met a guy called Matthew. Matthew was an Orthodox Jew. They started chatting, didn't touch on politics at all. Um, Matthew had no idea that Derek Black was this white supremacist leader. And Derek actually had no idea that Matthew was an Orthodox Jew. And Derek had been sending some pretty vicious tweets about how Jews weren't white, Jews are this, Jews are that. Um, to reinforce this, he was being a dickhead. When he was taken in by Matthew as a friend and they became friends, a lot of the university found out about Derek Black's past and current political views and his standing within like the white supremacy community. I can't believe really is actually a thing. But he was bullied at university. And I mean, fair enough, because once again, dickhead. Um, he started going to... Matthew's Shabbat. Now, 
Shabbat, for those of you that don't know, is Friday night dinner. And if you don't know what Friday night dinner is, just watch on Netflix. Uh, it's got the guy from Inbetweeners on it. And it's got Jim, and he says hello, like this. It's very, very funny. And it gives you an insight into probably what no Shabbats are like around the world. But it gives you a good idea of what a Shabbat is. Over time, Derek started chatting with Matthew and essentially realising that his beliefs were unjust. And it got to a stage where, having chatted with a lot of Jews, a lot of people of colour, he sent an email out to everyone on his mailing list in this white supremacy group, just essentially saying that he's revoking everything he's ever said that was anti-people of colour, anti-Jewish, and like anti-whatever. Anti and he took it back. So he got out of that echo chamber when he went to university and he completely changed his mind. And I think an important note that Matthew Syed was making here is that people are capable of change. Even someone like Derek Black, who was the leader of a white supremacist group, he actually went on to be one of the leaders in like the anti-racism battle. So he's he's one of the sort of forefront in America now for anti-racism, which is a pretty good thing in terms of change. And I mean, fair play to him because he's obviously just realised that last time I'll say it. Now, I want to take a little step back and have a look at ignorance. Now, ignorance when it comes to diverse ideas is probably the main thing that stops people from getting a wider understanding things ignorance isn't bliss ignorance can be harmful at times now 9-11 everybody remembers that if you're alive at the time everyone remembers where they were when they found out about that now the cia at the time and as it has come out since then had quite a few opportunities to prevent 9-11 i got to be careful what I say there actually I'm not, the CIA aren't going to listen to me no one's going to actually take in what I've said and take it as gospel and I hope you don't, do, do your research maybe read the book but the CIA was plagued with like Ivy League white men 30 to 40 and they failed to understand the culture of Muslim extremists because they were all white middle class intelligent people that have come from like a Christian background and this was up until I think it was 2002 they could have stopped it in a way if they'd understood the movements I won't go in too much into that but if you want to understand about how the CIA had a stinker the old Reggie Blinker stinker they didn't have a good time because they were ignorant to diversity and their workforce was not diverse. You can find out about that story in depth in the book. That was a really interesting chapter for me. Another interesting chapter was talking about uh, immigrants and children of immigrants and, and what they contribute to society. Now, it's been at the forefront of the news forever about immigration. And it was a, it was massive in Brexit about, oh, take control of our borders like the for me irritating traditionalist nationalist people that are like, oh england's the best we just got to keep the english in there don't let anyone else in i think it really frustrates me but i don't want to make this into a political podcast but 
in America, children of immigrants or second gener generation immigrants contribute through their businesses $5.5 trillion. And I think they make up 47% of the Fortune 100 companies in the USA. So you got people like Elon Musk, South America. Uh, it was Estee Lauder, I think, was in there. I haven't written these down. It would probably be a good idea for me to have written them down. But I'm just spitballing here. I'm not going to read out the book to you because copyright and that. Very interesting chapter about immigrants. Matthew Syed is a second generation immigrant himself. His dad was born in Pakistan. So I think that's where his passion comes for this. And I think also just being a generally compassionate person gives you a better understanding about people from other countries coming to a different country and being given opportunities that they otherwise might not be given in their home country and just making great things of themselves. And imagine how scary that would be to move to another country that you don't understand the language and you then go and make millions and really contribute to the economy and create hundreds of thousands of jobs. I'd say fair play, let it happen. Taking it away from immigration and just talking about general sort of diversity in terms of going to different countries, there was a study in America and they essentially looked at university students that went either abroad or to a different state for a semester and those that stayed at their home university. Those that went away and experienced either a different country or a different culture, because I mean, I think in America, I don't, I'm not speaking from experience, but I think the states are very different depending on where you are. So those people that had went to the different states, different schools, different universities, different countries, they came back and actually were given 17% higher grades than those who'd stayed in their home universities. And in terms of ideas what Matthew Syed refers to as this is idea sex. So when you're like just bouncing off, it's the whole idea of just having a diverse input. The more ideas you get, the more idea shagging that they do and the idea sex, which makes for better ideas. I don't know if anyone's ever had this. I mean, definitely someone that's listening has had this, but when you're in a different country, you're speaking to different people from different cultures, whether that's speaking to someone in a hostel from a different country. I've spoken to Germans before um, in a hostel in Bali and it was amazing to see how their views differed but not in like an aggressive way and it's nice to be able to have those open and honest conversations with people where at the end of that conversation you're left feeling like your mind has been expanded a little bit more. I think in terms of diverse input that goes for reading as well. So obviously I want to talk about reading because that's what this is about. But the more ideas you get from books, the more diverse the input is into your brain, the better your ideas are going to be. So if you ever need a little bit of motivation to read, just think about idea sex. It's you and the author and you're just going at it. Everything you read, you're making a judgment on and you're either saying, yet yeah, you know what, I'm accepting that as a truth, or I'm denying that. That's what's great about books, and that's what's great about reading. So don't shag books, but shag books. 
16 minutes already. I, I can't give too much of this book away. I gave it four stars. I didn't think it blew my socks off, but I think if you're stubborn like me, it's definitely good to have a look at. There are a lot of really interesting facts that you can just spurt out at people, and I've maybe given you about 15% of the facts that I reckon that I've got readily available in my head. And we all know what happens with facts. When you're chucking facts at people and quotes, it makes you seem smarter, maybe smarter than you actually are, which I personally need. You might do as well. So... People I'd recommend this to, anyone that's stubborn, if you're in like a team environment at work or if you're leader of an organisation, definitely chuck this out to managers because I think it's a really important thing to have because there's a lot of businesses that are just run by people in their 50s and 60s and they're not getting enough input from the younger generation and, I mean, we're the ones that live in it, so... Just take that into consideration. Everyone's got something to offer you. Every conversation is going to be different. Diverse conversations are good. That's the summary. Rebel Ideas, good book. Four out of five stars. Would recommend to a friend if they were stubborn, if they were in management position, or if they just wanted to broaden their, have a better understanding of the importance of diversity in the world. So that's that on Rebel Ideas. Thank you very much for listening to that part. I'll give you the stoic thought of the week here. This is a good one for me and it stood out because I think there's a lot in life that comes about like the universal constant of suffering. So like shit stuff, it will happen to you. Don't be foolish enough to think that you're going to get away with a rosy and sweet life because... Nobody's in for that. Everyone's going to have something to struggle with. So the title of this from the Daily Stoic is Prepare Yourself for Negativity. It's from Marcus Aurelius Meditations. When you first rise in the morning, tell yourself, I will encounter busybodies, egomaniacs, liars, the jealous and cranks. They are stricken with these afflictions because they don't know the difference between good and evil. Because I have understood the beauty of good and the ugliness of evil, I know that these wrongdoers are still akin to me, and that none can do me harm or implicate me in ugliness, nor can I be angry at my relatives or hate them, for we are made for cooperation. So Ryan Holiday's explanation of this is, you can be certain as clockwork that at some point today you're going to interact with someone who seems like a jerk, as we all have been, and the question is, are you going to be ready for it? This exercise calls to mind a joke from the 18th century from a writer and witticist, which, just to interrupt, just back to me again, what a word witticist is. Anyway, so his name was Nicholas Chamfort, and he remarked, Swallow a toad every morning. You'll be fortified against anything else disgusting that might happen for the rest of your day. Might it not be better to understand up front, right when you wake up, that other people often behave in selfish or ignorant ways? The toad than it is to nibble throughout the day. But there is a second part to this, and there is a second half of Marcus Aurelius's quotes. No one can implicate me in ugliness, nor can I be angry at my relative or hate him. The point of this preparation is not to write off everyone in advance. It is that maybe you've prepared for it. You'll be able to act with patience, forgiveness and understanding. Now that is focused a lot on people being dickheads, because of course people are going to be dickheads. There's good people, there's bad people. 
there's good people that become bad and there's bad people that become good. Not everything's going to go right for you in the day. Accept that in the morning. And, I mean, you've already won. You're not going to be disappointed when it comes up. Well, that's me done for the day. Thank you very much for listening. Please sign up to emails. That's all I'm going to ask. If you're on Apple, give us a review. Chuck five stars in there. That'll be sound. Emails is the link in my Instagram bio. And it says weekly emails, obviously. That's it. I hope you're all well. I hope everything's going well. It's a bit annoying that uh, there's a potential of a second wave. If you feel like you might need to be more resilient or build up your resilience, join the book gang because we're reading Obstacle is the Way at the moment and it's not too late to join. So looking forward to having more people in the book gang. Looking forward to having more of your emails so I can send you nice emails, funny emails, emotional emails all the time slash once a week. But yeah, I hope you have a lovely day, whatever you're doing. Take it easy.